Welcome back to In the Gap Cast, where the goal is to stand in the gap between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness that is this earth, to fight the good fight faithfully until the Lord calls us home. I'd really appreciate it if you could go and follow me on the other socials on Instagram at In the Gap Cast and at TikTok at In the Gap Cast as well. Drop questions in any of the comments or slide into the DMs with those questions so we can answer them for you and we can bring them to light. All right, so this episode, we're going to be talking about my testimony. It's probably the most frequented question I get in all of my live streams and in all of my videos and comments. It is 100% the biggest question that any of my followers have for me. And I'd like to start by mentioning I grew up a PK that is a pastor's kid. Both of my parents were in the Calvary Chapel system. They were both youth pastors. Uh, My dad took the high school boys. My mom took the high school girls. Uh, it was really fun go on all the camps and whatnot. Um, I was always at church. <laughs> we were always at church. Um, being a PK, I was quote unquote saved at six years old is when the date in the book for my mom is. I was I asked Jesus into my heart at six years old. Um, from there, though, life got kind of crazy. We moved all over. Um, there was really no consistency except for saying goodbye. It was really the only thing I knew. Make new friends, say goodbye to them, do it all over again. Uh, We went from Colorado to Maine, to Colorado, to Wyoming for a short stint, to Colorado, to Illinois, to Colorado, to Arizona, and I move out to Texas here in a month. So it'll be the eighth state I've lived in, and it'll be the 36th house I've lived in. Um, So basically, to start right where I asked Jesus into my heart for the first time in my life, uh, I was six years old. And basically from six years old through sixth grade, I was going through the motions. There was nothing extraordinary about my walk with Christ. There was no deeper knowledge I was looking to gain. I was just a Christian. Um, Granted, I was young. I was very naive. And not that I'm not naive now, but uh, I was very naive. Kind of fell into whatever my friends wanted me to do, wanted to be accepted, wanted to be cool. I was an athlete, so we all hung out together, you know, sit at the lunch table, drink your chocolate milk, that whole gig. Um, Nothing nothing special about that. But then in seventh grade, uh, we moved from Maine to Colorado, and I was at Faith Christian, and we had a conference hosted at our school. It was called the Aspire Conference, and one of the messages on day three just absolutely stuck out to me, and it was really something that grabbed a hold of my heart and something that made a big impact on myself at the time, and I decided to recommit uh, my walk with the Lord. I decided to refocus, you know, narrow the focus, put the blinders on to what the world wants, and put my focus on Jesus as much as a seventh grader can. Um, and then from there on out, as I was walking with the Lord, I, I kind of pulled away from, quote unquote, the popular group of athletes and just doing whatever they wanted to do. And that caused a lot of discord. Um, there was a big distaste for me because I now was walking in such a way that opposed everything they wanted me to walk in so that I could be one of them or considered one of them. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I was a little soft at that age. I was I was very emotional. Um, so when the bullying started in my life, it was initially all verbal and emotional accusations that it kind of threw me for a loop because I was a little baby. Um, any insult anybody hurled at me kind of swept me off my feet. Um, but throughout the time there, it, it progressed. It went from you know emotional and verbal uh, and eventually got to physical, which which is where um, it got hard. There, there was a couple, couple guys, you know, the football players, they're big, they're strong, they're got all the testosterone flowing through their veins in seventh grade. And um, 
so it got physical at that point and it got so bad to the point where you know I'd walk into my Bible class bleeding or I, I would walk into my Bible class with a new bruise or my eye would be starting to swell shut um, and and it got to that point where we just had to call it quits um, so I ended up fre- first semester freshman year I ended up um, walking away uh, from the Christian school nothing against the Christian school nothing against those guys we were all young um, but I ended up walking away and going to what is known as two roads charter um, I'd call this last chance you for high school um, it was a lot of kids who had been through the juvenile court system and were given a last chance to get their diploma in high school so that they could have a life. It was truly a good thing that it was there. And it was also the halfway for the homeschoolers, right? Um, so not a big school at all. I think there was 12 kids in my grade. Um, and it was it was a place that really, really hated Christ and hated anyone that was a Christian and rejected the notion that anyone who was a Christian could be kind, could be loving, could be anything but um, judgmental and hating um, so it, it was a grind walking through that. Um, it really was. So I was surrounded every day with new things that I had never seen before. Um, you know, specifically amongst the transgender LGBTQ um, ranks in that I was asked to prom by a guy that kind of took me off guard. Um, I said no. And then I was constantly challenged on a day-to-day basis by them on the biblical view of homosexuality, transgenders, anything under the ranks of LGBTQ+. And um, it was it was really good for my faith, really challenging for my ego, for sure. It took a hit when I found out that I know absolutely nothing on how to defend my faith against people who have legitimate questions. So it was really eye-opening for me. Um, from there, I transferred the next year uh, to Golden View Classical Academy. Um, any of you who've been to a classical academy know how that goes. It was full of Catholics. It was great. Um, that summer I had really learned a lot more about apologetics and I had learned, um, more how to defend my faith and I needed it because Catholics know their Bible. Uh, they know their Bible very well and then they know their history very well, which is something that's contrary to Christians nowadays, especially those of the non-denominational ranks. Um, Catholics know their history very, very well. So there was consistent debates amongst class, especially in history class, philosophy class, and uh, politics. Um, So it was a very interesting persona that the school gave off. There was two non-denominational Christians, me and my buddy TJ, um, good kid, and it was basically us against the 13 Catholics in every single debate. And it was really, really fruitful for me. there was a lot of times where I couldn't answer questions that day and I'd have to go look it up and figure out how to answer it the next day. And it was a big growth opportunity for my faith and the defense of Christianity in itself uh, in my individual self learning how to do that. From there, completed the semester there um, and then moved to Illinois over winter break and was only there for about a month. Turned around pretty quickly and we were there for a very, very short time. I went to school there for a month. I met like five people at the school, I think. Um, but two of those people I met, I'm still in contact today. Blessings, absolute blessings. People I love. And um, it was just a very interesting place. Um, it's a small town, very small town. Everything kind of revolves around the high school. Uh, they still had a town square. There was one movie theater that a lot of people would go to. Um, very, very, very interesting dynamic not much happened for me there i'm not gonna lie 
I went to school, went home, went to baseball, went back home. That was about it. And um, then after that, I moved back to Colorado. We kind of decided to restart our life and move back to Colorado, uh, transferred to a different high school, um, and kind of didn't tell a lot of people. Uh, it wasn't really what we did. We decided we wanted to restart, so we didn't tell people. And a lot of people were angry about it once we came back. But it was what was best for our family. And this is kind of this is kind of where the fall for me in my life initially started was there. Um, it was a bigger school for sports. Uh, we were known for our baseball program. We were known for, you know, the elite program we had when it came to baseball. So getting swept right into the middle of that um, and just being accepted with open arms. Like the teammates I had were amazing human beings. They really were um, with good hearts, welcoming family type, uh, family type beat out there. Um, but it led to a lot of people pleasing on my end. And it led to a great disconnect between me and my relationship with God because I was more focused on pleasing my teammates and those that came to watch the games and my classmates than I was on pleasing the Lord. Um, what's really cool about that, though, is the first day of school there, I was reading my Bible in study hall, and my now best friend, um, the man who will be the best man at my wedding, saw that and walked up to me and introduced himself because I was reading my Bible. Um, so the Lord blessed me in that uh, for sure. But just kind of went through there, um, had some dark, dark, dark days there. There was not a lot of light uh, in my life there because I was so focused on people pleasing and I put my entire identity and my entire worth sense into people. Um, it was extremely frustrating. I got to the lowest of any low I'd ever gotten to. And junior year in 2017, I actually made an attempt to take my own life. Um, took the razor blade to the wrist and granted, I did not know how to do anything the correct way when it came to that. Thank the Lord. So we survived that clearly as I'm here before you today. And the reality of the risk potential for the way I was doing it was really low. But, you know, I acted out of my flesh. I acted out of my emotions and tried to make a permanent solution to a temporary problem and just hit rock bottom. And I hit rock bottom and uh, I didn't seek the Lord um, for the healing. It wasn't where I went. I went to people again. And um, fortunately enough for me, I was able to get out of that situation and be completely removed from it. Uh, midway through my senior year, or in a winter break, we moved to Arizona. In Arizona, as soon as I got here, I met a really good buddy of mine, uh, basically week one out here at the weight room. I had a South Mountain hat on and he saw it and recognized it and we just kind of hit it off and I'm thankful for him because he's still one of my good buddies today. Um, went to Liberty hung way below the radar nobody knew who i was i didn't know who anybody was uh, my name was announced at graduation and i'm pretty sure i heard six different people go who's that um but nothing nothing big happened at liberty for me we won a state championship which was amazing um i got a couple opportunities to stand out firmly in my faith and uh it was super super cool to just get to get to be around some people who truly loved the lord and were truly involved in the bait the baseball world as well. Um, because of my opportunities to step out in my faith, I was blessed with the opportunity to speak at a conference at San Diego State called Christians and Youth. Um, and that was one of the biggest blessings, man. That I got the opportunity to lead a group of freshman boys down there. And it just opened my eyes to what service is like, what being a leader is actually like. The fact that being a servant leader is how you truly can lead correctly. And it's where the fire for public speaking for me 
uh, kind of started to foster. I got super, super motivated by it. was so stoked that I got to do it and was just truly blessed by it. And then went into my first year in college. Um, I had committed to play at a junior college. Any of you who know baseball know that junior college is oftentimes a fast track to getting to play professional baseball um, if you're decent. And it's easy development. It's high volumes of development, much higher than you'll get at a four-year in your first two years by far um, with the ability to move on to a more elite school than you would have gotten out of high school. Um, So that was my intent with it. Committed there, was super stoked to get in there, got in there, and um, it was hard. It was really hard. It kind of broke me down completely to my absolute foundations, um, and my foundations weren't quite settled in Christ yet. So it broke me down, and then I was rebuilt in a way that was not walking against the world or walking the narrow path. I was walking the wide path still. Um, I was living to please my teammates and whatever it was. I wouldn't step out of my faith. I wouldn't stand firm in my values or my morals. And when my morals were questioned, I would just kind of shrink away from it and laugh it off. Um, I never stood firm in anything. And this was the trend for almost the entirety of my time there. Um, Went through the motions, just absolute low in life, not finding joy in much, Um, always with a victim mentality terrible perspective and just would was somehow I got this thought in my mind that reading the Bible for 15 minutes a day would change my life and that was absolutely insane that is not at all how it is and that that was a big reason why I was not walking with the Lord and not fervent in my attack for my spiritual life was because I was confused. I was like, I'm opening God's word, but I'm not getting anything from it. Why am I not getting anything from it? And the reality of it is, is I wasn't diving into the word to hear from God. I was diving into the word to feel good about myself. Um, So it's no surprise looking back as to how I got absolutely nothing from it. Um, I had been in a relationship this entire time. I went, moved to Colorado for the summer and was working two jobs. I was working on a ranch and I was working as the head personal trainer for a facility out there. Um, working, working a lot of hours a week, getting my baseball thing in, just kind of living life. Um, not pursuing the Lord at all, just going through emotions to the highest degree. Came back. Um, I ended up getting hurt out there. Uh, It was a big wake up call. I was doing driveline remote programming for baseball, which any of you who understand that will know how effective it is and I ended up separating my AC joint with minor labral tears and got a prescription of four weeks no baseball activity four weeks don't do anything where you raise your arm above your head Um, right before I was going into my biggest fall of my life uh, sophomore fall at a junior college and um, you know the Lord really blessed me despite the fact that I was not walking with him not walking in faith with him and um, I ended up going off in the fall I went off I hit close to 750. Um, I legitimately did not swing and miss at a single pitch. I fouled everything off. It was it was quite literally a supernatural hand um, had covered me to make sure that I was going to end up in the right spot. And, and I really did. I ended up getting to commit to the University of Texas Arlington. It's a division one in Arlington, Texas, with just an amazing staff of guys who are all sound in their faith and just care about me as a person more than they care about me as a baseball player. Um, that whole fall, just absolutely, I had gotten out of my relationship those 17 months and just totally dove into the world. Um, totally walking away from God in 
every single sense I was living in the world and I was not walking the righteous path. I was looking to please my teammates, looking to be seen as cool, looking to no longer be seen as the uptight, no fun guy, looking to be seen as the fun and loose guy. Um, so I just completely dove in. Saturday nights were for the boys and I was trying to be for the boys if you're catching my drift there. Um, but just got to my absolute lowest of lows. Um, towards the end of that fall, I, I was just at a disgust with where life was. I ended up hurting my groin um, really, really bad again for the fourth time towards the end of the fall and had to miss a lot. Um, got to miss out on a lot of opportunities professionally with scouts coming to watch the games um, and scrimmages and BP sessions because I could barely walk on my right groin. So I uh, just kind of fell into that. And then winter got to the point where I was just desperate, desperate for something, desperate for Jesus, desperate for hope. And, you know, I just started doing research. I needed evidence to back up why I believed what I believed. And Kent Hoven was one of the biggest guys to me that changed my walk with the Lord. And granted, the man is the man has done some questionable things, but the fact of the matter is he knows why the Bible is defendable. He knows that science points to creation, and he can clearly articulate exactly why, and to the point where it's undeniable evidence. And um, I, I just dove into that. I was watching six to seven of his debates and his his speaking messages a day. Um, and from there, I was going and watching Ravi Zacharias. I was going out and I was watching Vadi Bachman. Um, there was I was at the time I was a Stephen Furtick guy. Um, as well. And I was listening to his podcast every single day. And I kind of dove all head first into the defense of Christianity side of things. Um, I wanted to be theologically and doctrinally sound. I wanted to have the apologetics base so that I could defend my faith against the atheists, the evolutionists, the Mormons, and the Catholics, you know, against them all. Um, so I dove into it head on and really gained a lot of head knowledge, right? It was a lot of headspace knowledge. Um, but it wasn't heart knowledge. It wasn't wisdom. It was just knowledge. There was no spiritual wisdom I gained from it. It was just head knowledge. So we get back into the spring and, you know, I'm on fire and then all it takes is a couple bad things happening and I'm right back where I started. And um, that's kind of how it went through the reality of the start of the spring. And then Corona came out and Corona hit hard. Uh, I got sick as soon as it happened. Found out everything was canceled and I was already sick. I ended up being put on my butt for th two and a half, three weeks. Um, it's it's something that was not actually COVID, um, but it put me on my rear end with nothing to do except watch TV, really, and lay on the couch and try to breathe because my throat was so swollen it was shut. So I, I really got to dive into God's word there so uh, more for sure. And I just was all in on it at that point. I was I watched every single sermon from Passion multiple times. I was all in on watching Ravi's debates, Ravi's sermons. Um, and I was just so fired up for the gospel message and then the gospel call ultimately. And I, I had never been so fulfilled in my life. Um, my heart was full. My heart was content despite baseball was canceled. My shot at getting drafted was gone. Um, you know, and it, it, that was a hard pill to swallow before, but then once I was getting into God's word, I was content because my perspective had shifted. And the Lord says, 
all things I'm working together for your good, not just some things, all things. And now those all things may not be an earthly good. And I finally had a perspective grasp on that. Um, eventually I moved home and moved back home and got to really just dive head on in. And I was studying the word on a very consistent basis. I was reading literature that ultimately pointed back to the Bible. Um, I was just completely in and something felt like it was missing still. I still felt something missing. Um, I was going through just consistently studying, listening to Stephen Furtick, my guy, and Michael Todd, and then the movie American Gospel came out. And um, I ended up, it had been out for a while on YouTube, and I ended up watching it on YouTube. And I will never forget that because it completely shifted my attack towards God's Word. Um, I had been attacking God's Word, but I had not been consistent in my defense of truth. Could I defend everything I believed or was I looking for motivational quotes? Um, after watching American Gospel, I completely remapped my approach to Bible study, completely remapped uh, essentially my gospel call. And what the gospel was to me was almost remap remapped as well because it was no longer about me. It was all about Jesus and it was so freeing and so exciting to know that there's no weight on my shoulders because Jesus had removed that weight. The theory of penal substitution absolutely opened my eyes, um, and it just was so relieving. It was like a silverback gorilla literally got pulled off of my back and laid to rest because now my salvation was no longer in my works, in my TikToks, in my tweets, in my Instagram posts, how many people I had brought to Jesus, not in whatever mission work I wanted to do, not if I got to be the next Paul Washer, next Ravi Zacharias or not, or if I was the next Tim Tebow. None of that mattered. None of that mattered because the only thing that mattered was the cross. And that was what mattered. And watching that movie really remapped everything about my heart and I then I started diving into why is this the truth how can I defend this as the truth and I went back to the Bible instead of looking for outside sources and then once I could prove it biblically I went to outside sources and I found out how to prove it historically scientifically apologetically ultimately under that umbrella and and it just got to this point where I was I was becoming very knowledgeable I was becoming again very knowledgeable except this time there was wisdom that accompanied it. There was some spiritual wisdom that accompanied it. And I, I had finished reading the Bible all the way through. Um, that was my goal, was to finish reading all the way through in 2020, and I finished it. And I was like, okay, I want to be taught the Bible verse by verse by someone who has so much more knowledge than me. And my dad's Calvary Chapel guy, big fan of Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith is highly respected amongst all Christian community. So I decided to go for Chuck Smith. And listening to Chuck Smith... Um, made me realize how foolish I had been to think that any amount of knowledge I had could ever make me a better Christian, could ever do anything for me, um, and really made me understand that wisdom comes from the heart, and and the true wisdom comes from God's word and God's direction and a Christ-like character. And I had started to witness myself get almost angry, um, towards towards my viewers and towards people, there was almost an angry tone underlying because I was so frustrated at the lack of truth being put out in the watered-down gospel. And don't get me wrong, I think that's a good thing to be zealous for, but my zeal had overtaken my character in that sense. Um, and, and listening to Chuck has really helped rein it back in for me and helped me understand that the gospel is according to the grace of God. Um, and the understanding of that really just that's when I totally surrendered. That's when I 
hit my knees in surrender. Craig Rochelle made the beautiful reference that our whole lives, we are so close to surrender. In fact, we're 20 inches from surrender and there's 20 inches from our knees to the ground. And all we have to do is get off of our feet and hit our knees. And that was so true in my life as I had to stop standing on whatever basis of knowledge I thought was going to save me. And I had to transition that over to allowing God to take over the plan for my life, God to take over my heart, God to take over my desires, God to take over my will. Just let go and let God. And then I hit my knees and surrender. And ever since then, it, sheesh, man, I've been absolutely attacked by the devil on so many fronts, so much harder than I've ever been attacked before. But it's so easy to combat because I'm not the one fighting. I'm allowing the Lord to fight my battles for me. And I'm resting in that peace. Chuck Smith said it perfectly. Oh, what great a peace it is to know that while you're standing in the middle of a battlefield, you already have victory. And that's kind of the perspective I have right now is I'm going through some battles in my life, but I've already got victory because I have the Holy Spirit in my heart. And with that, nothing, no height nor depth can separate me from the love of Christ. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Nothing in this life matters. Nothing that happens in this life matters circumstantially because this world is not my home. I will no longer live for this world because it is not my home. There is no purpose, no meaningful pursuit I could have on this earth that is anything except for Jesus. And it's really remapped the direction in my life I want to go as well. I'm sitting here at a point where missions is super heavy on my heart. I'm going to get my BA in sports leadership and management because it is a free BA. And I need to respect my commitment in that. And I will continue to play baseball. But at the same time, I'm going to be working on getting a bachelor's in biblical studies and ultimately a master's in apologetics and theology so that I can take the gospel amongst the nations. I no longer have, I, my whole life I'd grown up, I have to be rich, I have to be rich, I have to play pro baseball, I have to pro baseball. I, I can't have money struggles, no. And, the, you know, the Lord's kind of grabbed my heart and said, James, I want you to go take my word to the nations. I want you to plant a cross on a hill that's never heard of Jesus Christ. And if you die doing it, so be it. Um, and that's kind of been my reformed perspective, thanks to Jesus Christ and a mix of Paul Washer in there. Something that Paul Washer prays that I think I would love everybody to hear because it's so selfless and it's so faithful in God as he says, My prayer for my son is that he would take a cross and raise the banner of that cross in a country that does not have a banner raised for Jesus Christ and that he would die doing it. That's Paul Washer's prayer for his own son. That is a complete and reliant faith upon the Lord. That is Abraham and Isaac right there. That is God and Jesus Christ right there. So that is my 30-minute testimony. I hope that it doesn't disappoint, although it's pretty lackluster. There's no crazy things that went on inside of my testimony, but I know that the Lord works through all of us, and if our hearts are surrendered to him, then he can use us as a tool in his hand. And I pray that he does that. Uh, would you guys pray with me real quick? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this platform and I thank you for this opportunity to get to spread your word and let my life be a testament to your grace, your love, and your mercy, Lord, and the fact that any of us can be redeemed through you and through you alone. I'm going to pray that anybody listening would understand that redemption is a simple question away. It is, Lord, come into my heart. It is a statement, it is a confession of the mouth and a belief in the heart as you state any of those who call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. 
And Lord, I pray that they would understand it is not a works-based salvation, Lord. There is nothing they can do to make them good enough because we will never be good enough, Lord. I pray that you help them understand that it is by your grace alone and we are justified by faith alone. In your heavenly name, amen.